Chapter 19, Part 1 of The Life of Clara Barton, Volume 1 by William Barton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 19, Part 1 Andersonville and After. Clara Barton's name continued on the roll of clerks in the patent office until August 1865. She drew her salary as a clerk throughout the period of the Civil War, and it was the only salary that she drew during that time. Out of it, she paid the clerk who took her place during the latter months of her employment, and also the rent of the room in Washington, where she stored her supplies and now and then slept. When she was at the front, she shared the rations of the army most of the time her food was the food of the officers of the division where she was at work much of the time it was the humble fare of the common soldier mouldy and even wormy hardtack grew to be quite familiar to her and was eaten without complaint as the end of the war drew near she discovered a field of service in which her aid was greatly needed every battle in the civil war had in addition to its list of known dead and wounded a list of missing some of these missing soldiers were killed and their bodies not found or identified of the three hundred and fifteen thousand five hundred and fifty five graves of northern troops only one hundred and seventy two thousand four hundred were identified almost half of the soldiers buried in graves known to the quartermaster of the federal army were unidentified one hundred and forty three thousand one hundred and fifty five were buried in graves known to be the graves of soldiers but with no soldier's name to mark them besides these there were forty three thousand nine hundred and seventy three recorded deaths over and above the number of graves the total of deaths recorded was three hundred and fifty nine thousand five hundred and twenty eight while the number of graves as already stated was three hundred and fifteen five hundred and fifty five as a mere matter of statistics this may not seem to mean very much but it actually means that nearly two hundred thousand homes received tidings of the death of a father son or brother and did not know where that loved one was buried this added to grief the element of uncertainty and in many cases of futile hope moreover there were many other thousands of men reported missing of whom no certain knowledge could be obtained at the close of the civil war some were deserters some were bounty jumpers some were prisoners some were dead clara barton received countless letters of inquiry from all over the country letters came asking whether in any hospital she had seen such and such a soldier clearly foreseeing that the end of the war was in sight clara barton who had gone from city point 
where she was serving with General Butler's army, to Washington, where she witnessed the death of her brother Stephen, brought to the attention of President Lincoln the necessity of instituting some agency for the finding of missing soldiers. She knew what her own family had suffered in the anxious months when Stephen was immured within the Confederate lines, and his relatives did not know whether he was living or dead. President Lincoln at once approved her plan, and issued a letter advising the friends of missing soldiers to communicate with Miss Barton at Annapolis, where she established her headquarters. President Lincoln's letter was dated March eleventh, eighteen sixty five, the day following the death of her brother Stephen. This was followed March twenty fifth by a letter from General Hitchcock. Washington, D.C., March twenty fifth, eighteen sixty five, for the commanding officer at Annapolis, Maryland. Sir, the notice which you have doubtless seen over the name of Miss Barton of Massachusetts, proffering her services in answering inquiries with respect to Union officers and soldiers who have been prisoners of war, or who remain so, was made by my authority under the written sanction of His Excellency the President. The purpose is so humane and so interesting in itself that i beg to recommend miss barton to your kind civilities and to say that any facilities which you may have it in your power to extend to her would be properly bestowed and duly appreciated not only by the lady herself but by the whole country which is interested in her self-appointed mission with great respect your obedient servant signed e a hitchcock major general volunteers although she was backed by the authority of the president it took the war department two months to establish clara barton in her work at annapolis with the title general correspondent for the friends of paroled prisoners a tent was assigned her with furniture stationery, clerks, and a modest fund for postage. By the time she was established at Annapolis, she found bushels of mail awaiting her, and letters of inquiry came in at the rate of a hundred a day. To bring order out of this chaos, and establish a system by which missing soldiers and their relatives could be brought into communication with each other, called for swift action and no little organizing skill for a time difficulties seemed to increase discharged prisoners returned from the south by thousands in some cases there was no record in others the record was defective inquiries came in much faster than information in response to them notwithstanding all the difficulties clara barton had a long list of missing men ready for publication by the end of may then the question rose how she was to get it published it was not wholly a matter of expense though this was an important item 
there was only one printing office in washington which had type enough and especially capitals enough to set up such a roll as at that time she had ready in this emergency she appealed directly to the president of the united states asking that the roll be printed at the government printing office her original letter to president johnson is in existence together with a series of endorsements the last of them by andrew johnson himself general rucker was the first official to endorse it major general hitchcock added his commendation general hoffman followed then came general grant and last of all the president washington d c may thirty first eighteen sixty five his excellency president of the united states sir may i venture to enclose for perusal the within circular in the hope that it may to a certain extent explain the object of the work in which i am engaged the undertaking having at its first inception received the cordial and written sanction of our late beloved president i would most respectfully ask for it the favor of his honored successor the work is indeed a large one but i have a settled confidence that i shall be able to accomplish it the fate of the unfortunate men failing to appear under the search which i shall institute is likely to remain forever unrevealed my rolls are now ready for the press but their size exceeds the capacity of any private establishment in this city no printer in washington having forms of sufficient size or a sufficient number of capitals to print so many names it will be both inconvenient and expensive to go with my rolls to some distant city each time they are to be revised in view of this fact i am constrained to ask our honored president when he shall approve my work as i must believe he will to direct that the printing may be done at the government printing office i may be permitted to say in this connection that the enclosed printed circular appealing for pecuniary aid did not originate in any suggestion of mine but in the solicitude of personal friends and that thus far in whatever i may have done i have received no assistance either from the government or from individuals a time may come when it will be necessary for me to appeal directly to the american people for help and in that event such appeal will be made with infinitely greater confidence and effect if my undertaking shall receive the approval and patronage of your excellency i have the honor to be sir most respectfully your obedient servant clara barton official endorsements on back of her letter chief quartermaster's office depot of washington june second eighteen sixty five i most heartily concur in the recommendations on this paper i have known miss barton for a long time 
and it gives me great pleasure to aid her in her good works. F. H. Rucker, Brigadier General and Chief Quartermaster. The undersigned, with a full understanding of the benevolent purpose of Miss Barton and of its deep interest for the public, most cordially commends it to the approval of the President of the United States. E. A. Hitchcock, Major General, Volunteers. June 2nd, 1865. I most heartily concur in the foregoing recommendations. W. Hoffman, Commissary General of Prisoners. Respectfully recommended that the printing asked for be authorized at the government printing office the object being a charitable one to look up and ascertain the fate of officers and soldiers who have fallen into the hands of the enemy and have never been restored to their families and friends is one which government can well aid u s grant lieutenant general june second eighteen sixty five june third eighteen sixty five let this printing be done as speedily as possible consistently with the public interest andrew johnson president united states to mr defreeze superintendent public printing on the same date june second eighteen sixty five miss barton received a pass from general grant commending her to the kind consideration of all officers and instructing them to give her all facilities that might be necessary in the prosecution of her mission. By General Grant's order, there was also issued to her transportation for herself and two assistants on all government railroads and transports. Headquarters, Armies of the United States, Washington, D.C., June second, 1865. The bearer hereof, Miss Clara Barton, who is engaged in making inquiries concerning the fate of soldiers reported as missing in action, is commended to the kind consideration of all officers of the military service and she will be afforded by commanders and others such facilities in the prosecution of her charitable mission as can properly be extended to her u s grant lieutenant general commanding headquarters armies of the united states washington d c june second eighteen sixty five miss clara barton engaged in making inquiries for soldiers reported as missing in action will be allowed until further orders with her assistance not to exceed two in number free transportation on all government railroads and transports by command of lieutenant general grant t s breck assistant adjutant general Clara Barton had learned the value of publicity. She knew that the press could be counted upon to assist an undertaking so near to the hearts of all readers of the papers. She therefore arranged her lists by states, 
and sent the list of each state to every newspaper in the state with the request for its free publication. Before long, she had established definite connections with scores of newspapers, which responded favorably to her request. No one read these lists more eagerly than recently discharged men, including prisoners and men released from hospitals. In innumerable instances, these men wrote to her to give information of the death or survival, with location, of some comrade whose name had been published in one of her lists. Sometimes she succeeded not only beyond her own expectation, but beyond the desire of the man who was sought. Occasionally a soldier who went into voluntary obscurity at the end of the war found himself unable to remain in as modest a situation as he had chosen for himself. A few letters are found of men who indignantly remonstrated against being discovered by their relatives. One such case will serve as an illustration. The first of the following letters is from the sister of a missing soldier. The second, six months later, is a protest from the no longer missing man, and the third is Clara's indignant reply to him. Lockport, New York, April 17, 1865. Miss Clara Barton. Dear Madam, Seeing a notice in one of our village papers stating that you can give information concerning soldiers in the Army or Navy, you will sincerely oblige me if you can give me any intelligence of my brother, Joseph H. H., who was engaged in the 2nd Maryland Regiment under General Goldsboro, and from whom we have not heard in nearly two years. His mother died last winter, to whom his silent absence was, I assure you, a great grief, and to whom I promised to make all inquiries in my power, so that I might, if possible, learn my brother's fate. I would most willingly remunerate you for all trouble. Yours respectfully, E. H. Springfield, Illinois, October 16, 1865. Miss Clara Barton, Washington, D.C. Madam, I've seen my name on a sheet of paper somewhat to my mortification for I would like to know what I have done, so that I am worthy to have my name blazoned all over the country. If my friends in New York wish to know where I am, let them wait until I see fit to write them. As you are anxious of my welfare, I would say that I am just from New Orleans, discharged, on my way north, but unluckily taken with chills and fever, and could proceed no farther for some time at least. I shall remain here for a month. Respectfully, your obedient servant, H. H. Mr. J. H. H. Sir, I enclose copies of two letters in my possession. The writer of the first, 
I suppose to be your sister. The lady for whose death the letter was draped in mourning I suppose to have been your mother. Can it be possible that you were aware of the fact when you wrote that letter? Could you have spoken thus, knowing all? The cause of your name having been blazoned all over the country was your unnatural concealment from your nearest relatives and the great distress it caused them. What you have done to render this necessary I certainly do not know. It seems to have been the misfortune of your family to think more of you than you did of them, and probably more than you deserve from the manner in which you treat them. They had already waited until a son and brother possessing common humanity would have seen fit to write them. Your mother died waiting, and the result of your sister's faithful efforts to comply with her dying request mortify you. I cannot apologize for the part I have taken. You are mistaken in supposing that I am anxious for your welfare. I assure you, I have no interest in it. But your accomplished sister, for whom I entertain the deepest respect and sympathy, I shall inform of your existence, lest you should not see fit to do so yourself. I have the honor to be, sir, Clara Barton. Such letters as the foregoing remind us that not all the cases of missing soldiers were purely accidental. There were instances where men went to war vowing loyalty to the girls they left behind them and who formed other ties. There were cases where men formed wholly new associations and deliberately chose to begin anew and let the past be buried. But there were thousands of instances in which the work of Clara Barton brought her enduring gratitude. In very large proportion, these missing men were dead. The testimony of a comrade who had witnessed the death on the battlefield or in prison set at rest any suspicion of desertion or any other form of dishonor. In other cases, where the soldier was alive but had grown careless about writing, her timely reminder secured a prompt reunion and saved a long period of anxiety. Letters like the following came to her to the end of her life. Greenfield, Massachusetts, September 25, 1911. Miss Clara Barton, Oxford, Mass. My dear Miss Barton, I am a stranger to you, but you are far from being a stranger to me. As a member of the old Vermont Brigade through the entire struggle, I was familiar with your unselfish work at the front through those years when we were trying to restore a broken union, and being a prisoner of war at Andersonville at its close, my mother, not knowing whether I was alive, appealed to you for information. Two letters bearing your signature, from Annapolis, Maryland, are in my possession, the pathos of one bearing no tidings, and the glad report of my arrival about the middle of May, 
1865. The thankful heart that received them has long been stilled, but the letters have been preserved as sacred relics. I also have a very vivid recollection of your earnest appeal to us to notify our friends of our arrival by first mail for their sake. If to enjoy the gratitude of a single heart be a pleasure, to enjoy the benediction of a grateful world must be sweet to one's declining years. To have earned it makes it sublime. I have also another tie which makes Oxford seem near to me. An old tentmate, a member of our regimental quartet, a superb soldier and a very warm friend, lies moldering there these many years. He survived, I think, more than thirty battles, only to die of consumption in January 1870. Whenever I can, I run down from Worcester to lay a flower on George H. Amadon's grave. I write not to tax you with a reply, but simply to wish for you all manner of blessings. Yours truly, F. J. Hosmer Company I, 4th Vermont Her headquarters at this time was theoretically at Arlington, where she had a tent. Arlington was the headquarters receiving and discharging returned prisoners, but much of her work was in Washington, and the constant journeys back and forth caused her to ask for a conveyance. She made her application to General William Hoffman, Commissary General of Prisoners, on June 16, 1865. Her request went the official rounds, and by the 25th of October, a horse was promised as soon as a suitable one could be found. It is to be hoped that within a year or two, a horse, either with side saddle or attached to a wheeled conveyance, was found tethered in front of her bare lodging on the third floor of number 488 and a half, 27th Street, between D and E. Washington, D.C., June 16, 1865. Brigadier General William Hoffman, Commissary General of Prisoners. General, it would not appear so necessary to explain to you the nature of my wants as to apologize for imposing them upon you, but your great kindness to me has taught me not to fear the abuse of it in any request which seems needful. If I say that in my present undertaking I find the duties of each day quite equal to my strength, and often of a character which some suitable mode of conveyance at my own command, like the daily use of a government wagon, would materially lighten, I feel confident that you would both comprehend and believe me. But if I were to desire you to represent my wishes to the proper authorities and aid in obtaining such a facility for me, I may have carried my request to a troublesome length and could only beg your kind pardon for the liberty taken which I would most humbly and cheerfully do. With grateful respect, I am General 
very truly yours, Clara Barton. Headquarters Military District of Washington Washington, D.C., October 25th, 1865 Miss Clara Barton I have conferred with General Wadsworth on the subject of obtaining a horse for your use, and he has directed that I place a horse at your disposal as soon as a suitable one can be found. Very respectfully, your obedient servant, John P. Sherburn, Assistant Adjutant General. End of Chapter 19, Part 1